What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. about time I get some applause on the show. My goodness, thank you for that fantastic applause. Notoriously, I'm hating booth here, but hey. Thank you. Thank you for making your boy feel more at home. Yes, if you can't tell, this is not Mr. Patrick O'Dowd, and it's not even Big Dave Ungar. Greetings, basement dwellers. The inmates are running the asylum today. This is your boy, the Reverend Ray Cash. And uh, I took over. I kicked the boys out. And I said, we need some melanin in this thing. And what's happening? It's your boy. I, I Yes, including you, you I'm speaking of, is our fellow albino of the group, the uh, your studio audience, right? The live studio audience, Mr. PC Tunney. What's up, sir? I'm kind of tan. I've been golfing a lot. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, you shaved off the Brock Lesnar, and now you kind of got the... Old guy. Uh, you got, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, that's I. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. And you, you know, when we when we when we need a, a extra person, kind of the honorary fifth member of this little debauchery we call bandwagon nerds, you put up the plat signal, and I have the voice of the chair shop, Mr. Velvet Pipes, the MVP himself, Mr. Christopher Platt. What's happening, sir? Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be here chopping it up with my fellow nerds. But, Ray, I, I do have a bone of contention, just a little bit. Because when it comes to the chair shot airwaves, you are the preferred black on these airwaves. Because when it, when it, whenever I say some shit, it don't matter what I say, don't matter how intelligently I make my points, it doesn't even matter if y'all be like, you know what, he makes a good point. It doesn't matter. Anytime I say some shit on these airwaves, Y'all melon farmers look at me like I got a dick growing out of my forehead. So there's that. Well, Malcolm and Martin, my brother. Malcolm and Martin. <laughs> Just put it like that. I'm Xavier. You're Magneto. <laughs> um, I'm going to warn y'all today. You know Patrick's not here. You know Dave's not here. This is probably going to go off the rails pretty quickly. But we're going to do our best to try to give you something that is pointed. That is, yeah, all of us. 
But we're going to try our best to give you something that is pointed, that is well done. We have a rundown, and we're going to do our best to give you that quality bandwagon nerds feel. Um, Traditionally, you guys know we start the show, we are um, reviewing certain shows. Uh, We're going to break down two today. We're doing um, the Netflix show, This Is Pop, which is, we've gone through three episodes, and I think it's been fantastic so far. And we're also going to get in a little bit of What If. I know we're not doing that technically as a show. But this episode, the second episode of What If, is too big to not talk about. So let's jump in. This is Pop real quick. And um, I know kind of in our breakdown uh, before the show, all three of us mentioned, while this was a newsworthy and noteworthy show, I don't think there was as much ta- as many talking points as there were before. But uh, This is Pop episode four was about what makes country music. And uh, we joke a lot about, a lot personally, about how Country music is essentially like genres in general are very much uh, kind of led or antiquated by the person singing the music. And they started off pretty well by speaking about Lil Nas X and Old Town Road and how it was number one on the country charts until they cut it off and moved it to pop. And there is a very big difference in the country world between country and between pop. And I think they really broke down the divide between that pretty well. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you guys. Uh, Tony, I don't think you watched it, right? We didn't have so to tell Platt. everybody that, but that's okay. I mean, well, they were going to figure it out when it's just me and Platt talking about the one show. So eh, I, mean. I like our listeners, <laughs> but I don't know if they're that smart. Doubt the, the thoughts and views of Mr. PC Tony is probably agreed with, with the rest of us. But nonetheless... <laughs> uh, <laughs> What did you think of the show, Platt, especially kind of that dichotomy between traditional or real authentic country and the stuff like Dolly Parton and the, the writers and the Judds and so on that have kind of um, what's uh, Shania Twain and Garth Brooks that have kind of broken out? What was your thought on the show? Well, first and foremost, shout out to Ashley Judd. I know she wasn't part of the musical group, but, you know, she's a famous actress, comes from that family. And for a long time, she was roll tied in this melon farmer. Like she was, yeah, yeah. I was ready to go if I didn't get to go. Like so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and she's a basketball fan too, which is super cool. Uh, but um, yeah, I liked uh, episodes one through three more than I liked this one. I thought it was interesting. The funny thing is, is that country music is suffering from the same thing that happens to every musical genre. On this con- not even on this continent, but in this land, talking about America specifically. I mean, once the suits and the gatekeepers realize that they can make some money off of this genre, it's going to start to get watered down, like wash, rinse, and repeat. That happens in every single American music genre. Like it, it just is what it is. That's what happens here. But um, it's interesting. The Lil Nas X thing, I, I I understood the dots that they were trying to connect by bringing him into that conversation because there was a bit of a backlash because they were saying, oh, well, this isn't historically country or blase this, blase mm-hmm. that. I, th- I think that was more studio and media created because they were trying to get some buzz for this guy. And shout out to him. He came up with a great song. You know, it is what it is. That's a great song. It's a cool song. But I I think that was more media created and, you know, at at the behest of the record labels trying to get some trying to get some steam behind that record. You know what I mean? Um, 
Ray, go ahead and say something, man, because I had something that I wanted to say, and I can't sure. remember now. But if you keep talking, it'll come back to me, I'm sure. Got you. I I think there was just speaking of Lil Nas X, I want to get to a couple other things before you move on to what if. But the interesting thing about the Lil Nas X situation is, and take away the racial aspect of it aside, it's funny that the Lil Nas X of his day, Billy Ray Cyrus, Anky Branky Hart, everybody made fun of at the time, was the guy that had to legitimize Lil Nas X. That's interesting to me that. And it's, this is kind of a societal thing, right? Something in the day, in the moment, we spoke about it last week with uh, ABBA. Dancing Queen at the moment, Sweden hated it. It took until some, a few years later, and somebody had to kind of co-sign it for people to be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus was rich, don't get me wrong. Like, he was loaded off of his music. But he wasn't treated as a legitimate country artist or appreciated until all these years later. And then he put he decides to say, I'm going to look out for this kid because he's genuine. I, I, I think a genre. Genre is really only in music to kind of just for charts. Right. That's the only reason they don't really they don't really matter. But no, uh, it, it's it's a way that the record labels can figure out how to market somebody that that's all there is, because absolutely. I mean, the because the greatest artists in history and the ones that we revere so much. You know, the vast majority of them were genre bending. Like they yes. didn't really fit in a particular box. You yes. you gotta gotta try to fit people in a box to try to market them and, and mass produce them and sell them. But yeah, the majority of the, the artists that we love and, and that are considered influencers and goats, like they, they didn't fit in a box. They did a little bit of everything. They just made music. Um, absolutely. Can talk about think about the people they mentioned, um, who are like who kind of bended that genre of country. I mean, Willie Nelson, right? You're talking about um, John uh, Bob Denver. You're talking about Shania Twain, the Judds, Winona, you know, Garth, Dolly Parton. The story about Dolly Parton was crazy to me because Dolly Parton was, the Grand Ole Opry was kind of created for people like Dolly Parton, right? The look, the 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 twang in her voice, the way she sounds, it was built and meant for someone like Dolly. But Dolly was so smart, she was like, nah, bruh, this is cool. I need that money. I need to be out here. And it's almost a shame that country is the only major genre that I I feel that pushes away stardom. It's almost like every other genre wants you to be popular and wants you to get bigger because it's good for the genre country is like nah you're a sellout if you go do that and it's interesting to see how all of these artists had to fight that kind of dichotomy in themselves with do i want to be traditional to the roots that i was supposed to be, to boast to believe in or don't want to go ahead and make the best music because a great artist wants to make great music regardless if it falls into this quote-unquote genre i think they did a pretty good job of, of breaking that down but i mean we've seen this in other genres of music man like we we famously we've seen it in hip-hop with the the black eyed peas crossing over or even like an ll cool j or even in r&b when lionel richie broke away from the commodores and and went solo he found much better success but he was kind of viewed as as a sellout as well but i mean i okay. feel like that's that's just what it is in the music industry. Like I said earlier, man, once the suits and the gatekeepers figure out they can make a dollar off of this shit, it, it, that's what's going to happen. And it, I think it's a lot more prevalent today because I feel like music today 
it seemed much more like a disposable commercial commodity as opposed to having actual artistic merits. You know, it, it, it's more and more corporate and less and less about the actual art form. Tony, would you would you agree in that assertion? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely look at it that way. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big country fan to begin with, and I'm not a big fan of the charts and, like, differentiating. It's it's really all art. I know you got to break it down into certain categories at certain times, but mainly that's for money reasons. It's not for <clears throat> consumption. It's not, and, I mean, you see what's going on here. Maybe this is just my age showing, but I look at something like just, you know, just pop music in general. It's funny because back in the day, and, and, and what I'm kind of learning from this series that we're watching is maybe my assertion is incorrect, but I feel like back in the day, pop music was just music that was popular. Not saying that there, you know, there wasn't certain formulas that they follow and be like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a hit. But I feel like it was just the music that was popular. Nowadays, I feel like pop music has an actual sound yes. and a ring to it. And that's the whole point. It's not about the artistry anymore. It's about, okay, we're going to make money. Like, I mean, look, look, look what's going on right now, man. Excuse me. They done figured out how to make R&B without black people. We, we, we going to get five sexually uh, ambivalent or, or uh, not ambivalent, uh, sexually ambiguous Korean kids and we're going to put them in a bag. We're going to put them in a group with, with an R&B beat and some R&B lyrics and boom, that's what's hot in the streets right now. I will say, and you're, you're not wrong, but K-pop has been a thing for decades. It's just we're getting new to it. And I think I appreciate where our society is now that people like BTS or Psy a few years ago or even reggaeton, people like Bad Bunny or Daddy Yankee, people who don't speak the language. Uh, Luis Fonzi, uh, um, Despacito was like the biggest song ever until Lil Nas X and Old Town Road came out. Ten years ago, we wouldn't rock with that because, you know, America got to hear got to hear English lyrics. But now I think we've expanded now to where we just appreciate the music. And to the other thing you said about pop, pop used to be, and this is a term that a lot of you younger kids don't know about, but top 40. That's what pop was. Literally, like you said, the most popular music. But pop has become a genre. You're dead on with that. Pop has become a genre in its own right. And it has its own sound. And again, so much of music has been marketized for certain groups. And the 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 kind of example that I always used was if Adele was to sing the music that her genre actually sounds like, she'd be an R B singer, but she's a pop singer. Beyonce oftentimes starts in the R&B charts and then goes to pop. Beyonce sings more pop than anything. So it's completely how they're marketized. And the country music people don't even want to do any of that. They don't even want to expand to the entire United States. And I think it's cool to see these people saying, screw that, I'm going to go make this money. And they even said that traditional country, as it used to know it in the 60s and 70s, Ain't even called country anymore. It's called Americana. Everything evolves and everything changes. And there's nothing you can do. You can't stop the machine. You know what I mean? You you either hop on and try to get in where you fit in, or you get left behind and you eventually become a dinosaur. It's just is what it is. I mean, and there's some good and bad with that. I think more bad than good. It's good that a lot of people have been able to make a lot of money doing this and you know make like generational wealth that could change their entire existence and the, the existence of their family but 
There's nothing you can do about it. This has happened in every single genre of music here in America. It just is what it is. So next week, speaking of genres, we're going to move to Britpop. We're going to get a little more traditional rockish with that. Uh, everybody's heard that that uh, song Blur 2 by what's it called? By Jet, right? That's, that's all you're going to be my girl by Jet. But you know what I'm talking about. Those songs that you've heard forever and never knew what the name of it was, but you hear it all the time. We're going to get into Oasis and the Gallagher Brothers. Uh, and, um, Hit me. Yeah, that, that's that, a, that, that. That could be its own episode by itself, for real. That could be its own documentary, dog. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm looking forward to that. Big Dave Ungar, our Attitude of Aggression, he's going to love that because he ain't been here for none of these episodes because he is rock, rock, rock. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Again, more than anything, this show has shown that, number one, it's really cool to learn about music. And number two, we really didn't know shit we thought we knew. And I think that's what's cool about the show. I've learned so much in these four episodes, and I'm continuing. And I'm I'm excited to learn about more for the rest of these last four. So um, let's move on a little bit to Marvel. I'm going to let you hold off on the, the theme, because when we come back from the break, we got a whole bunch of Marvel news. Look at your boy. I'm trying to host. I'm trying to do this thing. Um, but we did have Marvel What If Episode 2. You got you listen to the show. You know what's up. You know what what if. What if is essentially a um an an anthropology of different stories that are set in the multiverse where something we've seen in the MCU, you saw you know what happened. They take a moment and they flip it and see what happens. This episode, and I'm gonna just throw it to you guys at this point, but this episode was what if instead of the Ravagers taking Peter Quill, they take T'Challa and T'Challa becomes Star-Lord. I'm going to throw it to y'all first because there's so much that happened this episode. What did y'all think? I, Tony. I, I missed last week um, on Bandwagon Nerds talking about the first one. I, I just, in general, what they're doing is really cool, right? You know, you always wonder um, what if? What if I left my house five minutes earlier? What if I would have eaten this? What if I would have gone two steps out of my way here how would life have changed so it's really interesting to see yeah i mean the dynamic of the second episode i enjoyed it i really liked the first episode where um steve uh turns into the first iron man as well basically so i thought that was pretty sweet. hydra stomper yeah uh but but this one was really well done um in addition uh the gentleman who is narrating the watcher i forget his name i know he was one of the scientists who was a robot in westworld um jeffrey wright yes he is i i could listen to him talk all day i i love that he's the one narrating it and you kind of get that that third person perspective right you're getting someone else's view on what was happening so to see that all going on and the way it's been interwoven it's been done really really well and and the last thing i'm sorry and i mean the fact that chadwick boseman did this before he passed and you can go now so much time later has passed now and you turn it on and you hear him and you, you see his character and it really just kind of, it makes you feel good. You know, kudos to him. That guy, he knew, he knew he didn't have a lot of time and he packed a lifetime's worth of, of excellence into that limited amount of time he had left at the end of his run. Beautifully said, man. Beautifully said. Yeah. Well said, man. Uh, number one, uh, Jeffrey Wright is one of 
the most underrated actors of our generation. Like that Mellon Farmer is dope in anything he does and everything he does, he knocks it out the park. He's going to be Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movie coming up. With the the rapper Patterson? Patterson, Patterson yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, could, yeah. I could smoke a bag of that. Yeah, let's get it. This was so interesting. So I went back because I got shamed on the nerds last week because I hadn't <laughs> watched What If. So I went back, I watched the, the initial episode and then I watched this one. This was so fascinating on so many levels. Like we could probably spend an entire podcast just breaking this shit down, man. Yes, yes. So T'Challa, his natural leadership and moral compass basically changed the whole trajectory of the MCU. Like we yes. got we yeah, we got my man Thanos out here. Basically, he's a TV sitcom dad at this point. It's just the butt <laughs> of the jokes, right? You know, we 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 got Nebula out here looking like a a, a woman. She got the hair and stuff like that. Looking and, like you know, looking like a robotic snack. Go ahead. Looking looking like a robotic snack. And and her, the interplay between her and T'Challa, and she kept calling him Cha Cha. I mean, the the insinuation was that they were fucking at some point in time. Like, am am I wrong for that? No. Yeah. And it bothered me at first because I was like, that's a little too culturally ambiguous. But then when you, you see that it's a personal nickname and not just something to say, yeah, it, it, it was actually kind of cute. I, I don't know how you would smash a robot, but stranger things have happened. Well, that that was the next thing I was going to ask. Like, what type of lubricant? Number one, did, did Thanos even build her with a working vagina? I don't see why that would be a thing for a robot. That's a good. Why would a dad build that part if it's if you're building yeah. the robot? Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Bandwagon yeah. nerds number ninety three, vagina implant. <laughs> <laughs> like she well, can't procreate. She can't procreate because she's a robot. So what's the point of even putting a vagina on her? And would you want to get head from a robot? I, that just doesn't sound all that time, pleasant to me. Time out. Time out. We're guys. We'll get head from anything. I'm just saying, man, it seems like there's a lot more that could go wrong from that scenario than could go right. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Even getting a handsy from a robot, it seems very... How gentle could a non-female be? These are uh, granted, all interesting questions, but unfortunately we can't ask the man, so... But these are interesting <laughs> questions. I, I also thought that was funny that there was no Gamora because there wouldn't be a Gamora because T'Challa flipped Thanos... So he wasn't going around destroying worlds. So that 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 part stuck out to me. Yo, I didn't even that didn't even that didn't even hit me. Really? That's a great point. It didn't hit yeah. me. That's a great point. Gamora would never be his daughter because he wouldn't have killed half of her planet. It's yeah. a fantastic point. Sarah, that wow, man, you just made my dick hard because that was literally the first thing I thought after I saw Gamora with the hair, or not Gamora, but um, uh, Nebula me. with the hair. I'm like, well, well, of course there's no Gamora here. Like, yeah. Oh, Even Tony's giving you praise. Golf clap. <laughs> Dude, I watched Men at Work the other day. Oh my god, that was an old movie. That's uh, like, Yeah. Golf clap? Uh, Golf clap. So another thing that I found funny was Korath, who was um, Jaiman Hansu, is like fanboying over Star-Lord <laughs> to the point where he's like, is it okay if I hit you? He's like, yeah. In the face? He's like, go ahead, it's fine. Are you sure? It's the... That was that was the funniest fight I think I've ever seen, and how he fanboys the entire episode is so it's so it's great to me. Another thing that was interesting to me about the and you said he changed the whole entire trajectory of the entire MCU and that's real, literally the Ravagers changed everything about themselves 
Yondu treated him like a legit son, something he didn't treat Quill like until the very end. Okay, um, yeah. okay that's fair. No, at the end he did, but, but I mean, he didn't. But, but it was there. It wasn't as prevalent as in this episode. Like it was, he was a lot more loving. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yes, yes. No, that was, there was a genuine loving relationship and not so, not one so. The reason Quill hated Yondu all those years is because he thought Yondu was treated, he was, I thought the only reason Yondu picked him was because he was skinny and could get into small places. And to be fair, Yondu didn't care about the kid until he realized Ego was eating kids and destroying kids. So, uh, but that's the Ravager's situation. Okay. Uh, that's uh, another situation. That's another thing we can, we can get into a little deeper. But Wakanda and uh, T'Chaka, how did you feel about Yondu making him think that Wakanda was gone because T'Challa wanted to uh, see the world? And then T'Chaka, who... Clearly wouldn't have died because remember, in this world, the Winter Soldier ain't killing nobody. There's no reason to kill him, and T'Chaka's still alive, and they're looking for this dude for 20 years. What did you think about kind of that part of the story? It kind of goes back to T'Challa's moral compass, which I kind of had some issues with in Black Panther, but the way that they flipped it here, because I would have been pissed, and I mean he was upset. But at the same point in time, he didn't just go ham motherfucking cheeseburger once he found out the truth. And then at the end, you saw he kind of blended the two worlds together. He was able to come back, blended the two worlds. We're all sitting around, Thanos at the picnic, like, oh, yeah, it was a good plan. Like, <laughs> it sounds like genocide, bro. No, 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 it was random. <laughs> like, which was the funniest line of the whole the whole episode. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I, I really am here for, like, cool dad Thanos. I'm here for yes. that. <laughs> um, so... The the other thing that was interesting to me was that, you know, there ha- with good comes evil. We've learned that from watching nine, nine series of Star Wars. They're, they have to offset each other. So if Thanos is going to be good, somebody got to be crooked. And I thought it was interesting they chose the Collector to be that guy. And uh, the children of Thanos, the Black Order, are working for the Collector in nowhere. I thought that was cool how they flipped that. And and the collector, instead of being a guy who liked trinkets and interesting things, he was just taking everything and everybody. What did you think of um, the uh, Tavar or whatever his name is, but the collector being the crooked guy and them having to fight the collector instead of fighting a guy like Thanos? Tony, go ahead, man. Get in here. I, dude, you're getting way too into it for me, man. I just watched it and enjoyed it, okay? I don't know that the fucking fruit was green instead of purple. The fruit was green, actually. The embers of the whatever. So well done. But yeah. PC Tunny, everybody. PC Tunny. Hey. <laughs> no, that was interesting. I thought that you know Thanos minions working for the collector. That was an interesting wrinkle as well. I I, I picked up on that and I thought that was kind of that was interesting. They even gave Howard the Duck some love. They did give Howard yeah. the Duck some love. Shout out to Howard the Duck. Cleveland's own Howard the Duck. I don't know how they allowed him to do the crossover since he is, as he's a DC character, but shout out to them. Feige for making it work. Thank God I fucked up one time. You guys would never have anything to get me on, hey? <laughs> There's a lot, but that's the funniest one. Yeah. Cleveland's um, own Howard the Duck. At the... Yeah, Cleveland... 
That's speaking of things to get you on. If that's what you stake your city on, Howard the Duck. Wow. <laughs> well, we Cleveland. used to have a we used to have a good football team, and then some asshole stole them. So there's that. You know, and two Ray, later, Ray, Ray, he's inferring, he's yeah. inferring that you're not only are you an asshole, but you're responsible for the Cleveland Browns being stolen. All in one fell yeah, swoop there. Fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Art Modell called me specifically <laughs> and said, "What do you think about this, bro?" Uh, hey, well, you know, hey, Ray hey, said, "If you're leaving, leaving, I'd leave at night." <laughs> but this, 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 and hey, there's a city that there's a city in Maryland that they're so stupid they won't know for two weeks. This is this is my problem when it comes to Ray and this Baltimore shit. I, I know this isn't a sports pot, but I, I just have to say this, go ahead, man. Go ahead. You won. You got the team. You got the titles. You have the infrastructure. You have the functional front office. But yes, yet sir. and still, you have this weird, unconsequential hatred for the Cleveland Browns. Like, your hatred for the Cleveland Browns doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, you come in here, you still Amber. You got the girl, you get in the vagina, y'all have the kids, everything's working, but yet and still, you're mad at me, and you won. Why are you mad at me? Maybe what did I do to you? Maybe it's a robotic vagina. Uh, wow. that's probably a good place to let's uh <laughs> let's close this our, this conversation. I'm naming this uh, episode Robotic Vagina, and I don't really give a shit. And you know what? I'm gonna wait to plug it in until five minutes before it goes up tomorrow, so no one's gonna know. Oh, you should, you should probably plug up your robotic vagina before five minutes in. That just charge. doesn't seem like a it, it needs to charge. Needs to what's charge. worse, yeah. a clogger overnight? What's worse, a yeah. clogger a leak? Yes. Well. Uh, that's been what if. <laughs> I don't know who has what, what if we have. What if we had robotic vaginas? You know. Oh boy, See, this is what this is what happens when Patrick and Dave ain't here. Uh, no, I'm lying because this would happen even if they were here. Uh, yes. but nonetheless, we don't know what's gonna be. I don't know what. Do y'all know what what if is next week? Did anybody see a? I did not trailer. I, any I did not. I did not. I think it's. Is one. this the is this the Killmonger Iron Man one? Okay. If it is, that'd be interesting to see because I, I want to see how they flip that. I, I don't know that. I'm just speculating. I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure we'll find out sometime. But nonetheless, every episode of this has been fantastic. I've loved every single one. Uh, so these are our breakdowns so far of our shows we're reviewing. We're going to take a quick break. We got some uh, got to go to the trailer park. So the banjos are coming. Uh, but of course... This is Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Cheershot uh, Radio Network on Cheershot.com. While we have the voice of the Cheershot, you want to plug some uh, some merchandise, my brother? Y'all always do this to me on every goddamn show I'm on, but you, you know you what? Do it I'll do it. Than all of us, sir. I That's can do why. it. You want me oh, to do it? Uh, do you want me to do it? No, no, yeah. Let Tony do it. I want to hear Tony do it. Do you want I'm, me to do I'm it? I'm so interested to hear this. Or did you just want to? Or did you just want to bitch about it and actually do it? I mean, yes, but what you got? Mine would be way quicker than yours, so go ahead. No, go for it. What, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot? Plenty of wonderful designs. You know, don't skimp out. Spend the extra money. Get it soft style. Your epidermis will thank you. Makes a great gift as well. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds, Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. We shall be back. I guarantee that as well.
Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Carl, he lives next door. Pink flamingos on his porch. Night he teaches driving school and he sits out by his plastic pool. He takes off his shirt. He opens up a cold one. Oh, Carl Bean's a fool, but it takes one to know one. Music's playing up and down the block. Yeah, these ain't the banjos you're used to. This might as well have been on This Is Pop episode four. But nonetheless, welcome to the trailer park. We had three, well, definitely one major trailer, two interesting trailers I want to kind of break down. So let's start with the big one. You guys know we have three movies left coming up in the MCU. We've seen Shang-Chi and that's coming out in a couple of weeks. But The Eternals, we have the trailer, we finally had a, a really good, explanatory trailer from the eternals so um i want to there's a couple of things i wrote down i want to break down i i love the fact that uh all of this is happening the reason we're even getting this movie is the continuance of what happened with thanos i appreciate that everything seems to matter in the mcu and nothing is kind of just thrown out there for the, put on the wayside i also appreciate the fact that they explain in the trailer, very small, but it's there, why they've been here for 7,000 years and ain't did shit. And the reason is they can't interfere interfere in human conflict unless deviants are involved, and that is by decree of the Celestials. Y'all know that word. So uh, what do y'all think of Eternals, man? Because there's a couple other things I want to touch on, but I want to get y'all's opinions. I can't wait, actually. this I, I don't know since maybe... What Infinity War? I think besides that, this is the most look forward Marvel movie for me. I like I like the story here. I like what we're gonna see. I like the cast. This cast is fucking ridiculous, dude. The amount of stars that are in here, um, it, it's just gonna be a ridiculous, ridiculous movie. I'm pretty sure November is when it's coming out. Um, but Platt, I mean, besides the cast and and the story here, it just looks like they're, I don't know, putting something together that you really want to go to the theater and watch. No, they really are, Sonny, and frankly, I agree with everything you said. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. I'm here for it. It's a great cast. The trailer got me super excited. I was kind of, sort of familiar with the source material. Like, I wasn't as deep into the comic realm as uh, as a lot of the people on the nerds were, but I'm, I'm all here for it, and I'm excited. Angelina Jolie looked good. We got my man uh, Brian Tyree Henry from ATL. He's like an actor's actor. So, yeah, the cast was, looked great. The storyline looks great. The premise looks great. And I'm interested to see how this plays into the next phase of the MCU. Yeah, I'm just looking up the entire cast here for this movie because I want to just get into the depth of, of who all these people they have. Yeah, well, first of all, they, they went down the, the, um, the Game of Thrones pipeline and not only did they get kit harrington but they also got richard madden so they have they have two 
right? They have two two of the brothers there. Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, you've seen. Uh, Gemma Chan. Yes. Madan Siak. Yes. Uh, Kamal Nanjiani. I didn't know he was in this movie until I seen this latest trailer, and it looks like he's playing a pretty fun character <laughs> as well. Um, yes. Oh, man, just tons of great actors. Lauren Ridloff, Harish Patel, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, little girl Leah, Leah McHugh, Barry Keegan. He He's an excellent, excellent uh, younger actor as well. So, I mean, you, you just can't go wrong with anything Marvel's putting out right now. It doesn't matter if it's animated. It doesn't matter if it's a Disney Plus series or just some kind of movie that they're just another banger cast here. And for those that don't know the Patel character, he was actually in this will tie in perfectly with the chairshot.com. He was in that movie Stuber with Dave Batista. He was the Uber driver in that movie. And the movie was kind of trash, but he was good in it and Batista was good in it. They just didn't have a whole lot to work with, even though they had really great chemistry. But he's a great actor. And yeah, they I mean, Marvel always hits it out the park, man, when it comes to casting. So I guess the only misstep they might have had was Terrence Howard. And I don't even know if that was a misstep. It's just Don Cheadle is taking that role on to the point where I can't see anybody but Don Cheadle in that role, you know. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this Eternals movie, man. I was kind of lukewarm about it going into it. But after seeing the trailer and reading up about it and reading up about, you know, the, the, the actors that they have in this movie... I'm here for it. I think this is going to be I think this is going to be kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like some people are going to think it's kind of a throwaway movie, but it's going to end up in it's going to end up blow up waiting, similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. I the one funny thing that I liked in the trailer this time, Ray, was that someone asked the I don't remember who one of the Eternals and said, well, where were you guys when Thanos was about to end the world? <laughs> Why now? Yeah, absolutely. It's, and and it's, it's a fair question. Something I've said on this show, like we need to understand what where you've been, what's happening. It's something I'm concerned about, not concerned about, but interested to see in for a lot of these groups that are popping up out of nowhere, Eternals, uh, Inhumans, X-Men or Mutants eventually. Um, two quick notes I want to mention is, number one, maybe I missed them because, you know, I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't know. I know what the guy looks like, but not that well. But Kit Harrington is supposed to be playing the Black Knight. Yep. Was yeah. he in there? Yeah, he was in there. And then Richard he Madden was. is was his brother from Game of Thrones, and he's playing Icarus. Yes, I know that much. But I and I saw I saw Kit, Richard Madden Kit, because Kit Harrington was it? it was very briefly in in this trailer. He was not in a lot okay. of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better because I, I felt stupid for missing him. The second thing is now this is speculatory, so this is sorry, Patrick, um, but. I believe this is where the first time we get to see Atlantis. We may not see them technically in this movie, but I think this is what I think all of this is what's co- what's going to cause Atlantis to, to kind of make themselves known. Because think about it, the entire world, half of the world went away out of nowhere. Atlantis would have no reason not to know why, because they're underwater, right? You know, we know comically, Atlantis and Wakanda hate each other. Well, if you're Atlantis. You remember the battle for the world happened in Wakanda. So maybe you're thinking Wakanda did some shit. And the emergence is seven days, which is what all this is about. And the deviants coming, they're coming out of water and such on and so forth. I think this would be a real cool way if they chose to, and I'm now I'm fanboying here, but to kind of bring Namor and the world of Atlantis kind of into the MCU proper. 
And the rumors are that they've already cast somebody to play Namor. So he's the, I mean, he's the biggest star in in the nomenclature of Marvel to not be in the MCU. And I mean, they alluded to Namor in Endgame. Like it, it wasn't even subtle. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, underwater, it, it wasn't subtle underwater, at all. Yeah. Uh, earthquakes, yeah, good point. Disturbance or, yeah, earthquake or whatever, yeah, whatever they said. Like, yeah, they've already alluded to that. So, yes, uh, that, yeah, Namor's coming. I can't wait. Um, and the cool thing is he's, I know they feel the same because they're both underwater guys, have this and have have whatever and have um, human. They're both kings of Atlantis. Namor is so different than uh, Arthur Curry or Aquaman because he's a genuine dick. So it's going to be cool to see that on camera. Um, check out Eternals. Um, I don't. I, I didn't catch the the date. Does anybody know the date it comes out? I'm just because a genuine dick. That that's a great segue to a topic we're going to get to momentarily, but we're still on trailer park, so we can't get there yet. When does when does we give it time? When, yeah. does the, when does the Eternals come out? You're asking in November. November, okay. November fifth. November fifth. Good man. Well, yeah. September twenty second on Disney Plus. Keeping with the Disney theme, we got a different view of Star Wars. Now, we're in the world now, and there's always been a whole bunch of different Star Wars platforms with the books and the the comics and the the cartoons and whatnot, but we're just now getting in this world where they're starting to build a world, a proper world with the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett coming out and the Soka Tano and all these things coming together. Somebody had the clever idea to say, what if we did an anime show about star Wars? So star Wars visions drops September 22nd, nine separate stories, all anime. I'm not the biggest anime fan, but I appreciate the stories they tell and the and the actual cinematography of what they do. And anime cinematography seems perfect for Star Wars. What did y'all think of the trailer or just the idea in general? <laughs> Man, they have prostituted this Star Wars franchise to no ends. And I mean, some of them work. Some of them work better than others. A lot of them don't work, but... It is what it is, man. I, you know, I watched this trailer and I, I couldn't care less. I'm not the biggest anime fan in the world either, and I also can't be mad at them because they've got what 40 years worth of lineage and goodwill in this Star Wars franchise. So, do what you feel like you got to do. Am I gonna watch this? Probably not. But do what you feel like you got to do, man. I, I just, I kind of feel bad for the Star Wars franchise, man, because I feel like it's been prostituted so much that it's. It's almost it's diluted at this point, you know. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's just it's, that's no, just how I feel. It's a fair it's a fair point, and, I, and as I throw this to Tony, it's a fair point. But when you're as big as Star Wars is, and before the MCU, the only connective movies now that they've had three trilogies, but I mean connective in terms of more than three movies that had really existed in 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 this world were Star Wars. So they kind of made the template for the MCU proper. And it's ironic that now they, they're kind of cousins. Um, I just, I'm just curious if Star Wars uh, Visions is going to be canon to the proper Star Wars timeline. But, Tony, you're the biggest Star Wars fan of the three of us. What did you think? I don't watch the cartoons. Okay. 
right. Well, there it is. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, wait, I know. Wait. I, I, any cinematically, I am all over it. Even the what the Bad Batch just came out, and yes. um, the it looks great. I just can't. I don't know why I can't get into it. Uh, what if I have no problem with right? And I've I've watched plenty of other cartoon series, but for Star Wars, I just I don't know what it is. For me, I need my Star Wars with human beings on a movie screen. I guess, or don't, or the Mandalorian Disney Plus. So there you go. Don't feel bad because that's the whole reason why I didn't watch the Bad Batch for a number of reasons. The main reason I didn't watch the Bad Batch is because I haven't watched Clone Wars and I haven't watched um, what's the other one? It's two. It's two Rebels, and I figured, well, Davis told me himself that I have to watch. Uh, I don't have to, but watching those two will explain so much that happens in the Bad Batch. So I figured I'll binge those and then get into Bad Batch. But ultimately, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. And maybe that's the ignorance of me thinking. But a lot of the times when you have, like Tony just explained, a cinematic universe where everything is real life and real people, and then you throw something in there that's cartoon or animated, and you say it matters, a lot of people are going to be like, nah, son, it doesn't work for me. A funny story about Bad Batch. Anytime I go on Disney Plus and I'm on the homepage and I see it, my mind, this is how, just how my mind works. I see Bad Bitch. And it, it makes me chuckle because I'm thinking, oh, Disney getting a little risque here, huh? <laughs> cool. Disney, Disney don't want any of the smoke. Disney wants so little of the smoke that they they uh, squashed the Love, Simon, uh, um, the uh, TV show, Love Victor and send it to Hulu because they didn't want none of the, none of that gay stuff on the on their own channel, like like so Disney don't want none of that smoke, bro. Uh, oh, fair enough, but you know Brian Tyree is playing a, a homosexual character in your Marvel movies, so you can't You're hide right. from it. You they can't, they hide. can't hide from it. The difference is Eternals is going to come out on TV on on the in the movies, and he's not the main character. The character or the show isn't about a, a gay lifestyle. Everything about Love Simon is about a gay a gay guy coming out. Fair so, enough. fair enough. Uh, one more thing in the trailer part before we get to some news around the Nerdosphere. Um, I'm interested. I think it was Patrick who sent this to the group. I'm interested to see what you guys thought about this because Netflix is notorious for having um, movies or shows that if you were if they were explained to you, you would never watch. But if you take a second to really check it out, you'd be super interested. I would have never thought to even think about the movie Nightbooks. Nothing about what it sounds like on paper would interest me. But the trailer seems pretty cool. Kristen Ritter, she's a witch. There's two kids. They're caught in a house that seems to be made of scary stories, and they have to write the scary stories for the witch, or else she might kill them. There's some intrigue. Uh, there's a little bit of Goosebumps-esque in it. Um, a little bit of the clock with the walls and the house, whatever that's called in it. Um, it's a little interesting. I'm, uh, I may check it out. What did y'all think of that? Is this a series or a movie? It's a movie. It's a movie. Uh, I'm more likely to check it out. That's a great point, because I don't know if I got 13 episodes worth of that. <laughs> it's a great point. The premise seems interesting. But, I almost thought it was Danielle Panabaker who was the witch at first, but the, the casting is still good there. The kids look really good. To me, obviously, Platt, I've been intrigued with this evil cat that's going around hurting people. I don't know. I might have to sleep with one eye open tonight. <laughs> oh, that's Man, right. You yeah. 
that that's the only part that pissed me off. I could see a child being scared, especially a, a, a quote unquote nerdy child. But if you don't kick that motherfucker in the head and keep it moving like an escalator. But I actually I enjoyed this trailer and it made me more intrigued than the Star Wars trailer. Number one, I, I love Christian. Rit- I love Christian Ritter. I think she's phenomenal and oddly attractive in a weird way. But anything that she's involved in, I'm at least going to check it out because I love her as a character, as a character yes. actor. Is, is she oddly attractive in a weird way because you feel like you're attracted to John Ritter then? No, John Ritter was sexy as fuck. Shout out. R.I.P. There, there, you know there's no relation, by the way. I'm about to say, I feel stupid. Yeah, there's, but there's, there's, really there's no there's no relation. I, I would, thought so too. I, I thought just, that was his daughter, I, I, but it's not. No, but I was wondering why it was, uh, she's oddly attractive. Because she's not like classically what you would term beautiful, yes. like oddly attractive. You know, what I mean? kind of like Uma Thurman or an Angelina Jolie. Like they're oddly attractive. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count Angelina Jolie in that because facially, like her face is structured as model esque. But I understand the Uma Thurman one makes perfect sense. Yeah. But there are a lot of women, and we're not saying that they're not attractive in general. But the way society would make you deem, oh, this is what's pretty and this is what isn't, Kristen Ritter wouldn't be thought of as, oh, this woman is pretty. But she's really pretty. Yeah, she's very attractive, but oddly attractive. Like, I, I didn't say that as I didn't say that as a diss. If that's how I came across, I apologize, because that's no, yeah, I, I, I was actually saying the exact opposite. Yeah. Trying to big but, her up, and she's yeah. well-deserved. If you've ever seen Jessica Jones, she finds as hell in that show. Yeah. Plus, I love every anything I've ever seen her in. She knocked it out the park, and I love her. So, you know, just seeing her in the trailer, that's going to get me intrigued. And the premise seems intriguing as well. So I'll check it out, especially for, what, an hour and a half movie. 13 episodes, like you said, Ray, probably not. But y'all love Lock and Key, too, though. So y'all probably would have tuned in for this. And it seems very Lock and Key-ish. I ain't never seen Lock and Key, bro. That is, that is, that's the other three members of the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a good so show. I, I can't remember. If we, I mean, eventually, you know, eventually we get it. Um, I know I don't. I can't remember if we have a drop for the news around the Nerdosphere, but we're gonna. I'm gonna ask the live study audience to hit the Marvel drop, baby. This is the time. Da, da, da. My bad. Dipshit. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you too. We're just gonna talk over the whole motherfucking thing now. Hey, you get a robotic vagina. You get a robotic vagina. You get a robotic if, vagina. If that's what we're doing, I don't want a robotic vagina. Give me a silicone one. That seems a lot more pleasurable. How? Why can't a robotic vagina be molded into silicone? Y'all do realize I also have access to a real life vagina, right? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> I tried. You didn't. I tried. Barely. So Set the run down 15 <laughs> minutes before the show. This guy's totally out of line. All right. Let's 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 get down to business. I'm super hyped for this first part. This first story I have is y'all know I've been super, super excited and been pushing the um, inclusion of Ironheart, a.k.a. Riri Williams, into the MCU. I can't wait for the Ironheart show. She is exactly... While she is a great, uh, she's one of the best comic characters that they've made in the past 15 years, but she's one of the rare comic characters that is better suited for television or for for the for the um, the, the silver screen, if you will. So uh, the news item comes out that that she has been casted to make her first appearance 
in Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. And they are going to see her, if you follow the comic storyline, you know she's 15 years old in MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And I don't know if Shuri's going to go to MIT and find her or some kind of way, but we will see Ruby Williams, a.k.a. Dominique Thorne, her real name, not her real name, but the real actor playing her, uh, in this movie. I'm so excited to see where that goes. Uh, there have been certain comic stories or um, they had the little one-shot cartoons where Riri and Shuri are friends or homies. They're both probably the two smartest people in the MCU left. Uh, so I'm so hyped for this. I am curious. Number one, do you even care about Ironheart as a character? And number two, how do you think this helps Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever, knowing that there is a Wakanda-sized hole in the movie with T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, not, unfortunately, not being able to be a part of it? R.I.P. Chadwick, but hell yeah, I'm excited as fuck. I love this character. I hate the backlash, excuse me, that I've read online that, you know, the character has been getting because hmm. she's basically Tony Stark's. She's literally Tony Stark, except for Chicago. Yeah, except for one huge difference that, you know, you probably need to check yourselves. You know what I mean? But I'm excited. So I don't know the young lady that they've cast to play her. I feel like I, you know, I'm not going to shit on that young lady, but I feel like Zendaya. I know she's a little tied up in the MCU at this particular point. She time. has and a we'll pretty get, big role herself. And we'll, we'll get to that momentarily. Trust and believe that that's called a teaser in the industry. But I feel like she would have been perfect for a character like this, you know, but I'm excited that they're introducing this character and we've got to do something because I mean, Chadwick left such a hole, but they're not going to destroy that franchise because of the money it made. So they got to try to figure something out. Right. Before I get to you, Tony, real quick. And a lot of our ilk, you know what I mean? Platt would mm -hmm. say that I'm talking about home business in public. And I apologize for that. But one of the, one of the beauties of, the Riri Williams character is that she's a dark-skinned black woman. Touche. So that that rules out the Zendaya. Yeah. But you but you get why I thought she would be. I completely role, do. And from yeah. and from the from yeah. the actor standpoint, I mean, if you've ever seen her in um uh what's the show on HBO? Uh, Euphoria. Now, granted, I'm not even saying that that they're anything close to the characters, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the way yeah. she could flip her character like that, she'd be fantastic as as Riri. But because. He even we the MJ, even with how she plays MJ. Yeah, good point. absolutely good perfect. Point. Yeah. And M MJ is very similar in disposition to Riri when we first see Riri. And I, I, I'm just, again, talking about public home business in public. I apologize again to the delegation. But there needs to be more dark-skinned black woman in places of prominence on television. So, no, th th this is one of the reasons I love doing podcasts with you, man, because we can discuss family business on air. And Facts. right, you're absolutely right. Like, what, what the fuck am I going to say? You're absolutely right. And I'm excited that they're that they're bringing up this character because, like you said, this is one of the more interesting characters in the MCU, period. Yes. And there's yes. a lot that could be done with that character moving forward because all we're doing right now anyway in the MCU is putting the chess pieces on the board till we get to the next round of Avenger movies. So this has been fascinating to me to see them reset the board. I don't necessarily know where they're going, but it's it's just been very interesting. I don't have any of the problem with any of the decisions they've they've made so far that they're gonna they're set to you know take with them moving forward. I think you you 
pull yourself away from it a little bit and go, there's going to be criticism from one side or the other or from some angle, just because regardless of whether or not you're actually replacing Chadwick Boseman and replacing Black Panther, you're still filling that void in with different characters that are coming into this genre or in, in this specific story, right? So no matter what, you're going to feel like there's still a hole in your heart. So that's that's just kind of how I look at it. I am interested in the the, the call sheet. Uh, Ryan Coogler has that he's announced. Everybody's back. Um, Shuri's back as I mean, Letitia Wright's back as Shuri. Winston Duke is back as Mbaku. Right, and I, uh, I was just talking about the new people being introduced, right? Just to clarify, and sure, I think you knew that. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, the reason I'm bringing this up for because I'm I'm referencing you. Uh, Lupita's back as Nakia. Uh, Angela Bassett fine ass is back as Queen Ramonda. But what's so adding Dominique, aka Riri, into this is interesting. My question, my only question is in terms of the movie, I know we got to see the Wakanda versus Atlantis War. That is too big of a story for decades in the MCU. But it's going to hurt my heart if we see Namor be the villain in this movie and he's not fighting T'Challa. Because they are Peter Griffin and the Big Chicken on TV on the, in the movies, <laughs> that's so funny. that's that's gonna talk about a hole in your heart. That's gonna hurt me. I ain't mad at Shuri getting the getting the the necklace or getting the crown. I'm not even mad if they give if they do kind of all three of them kind of share it in Baku, Nakia, and Shuri. But putting Riri in this movie, I think, adds a dimension of kind of difference from that character that I think is enough to help make that movie not so Chadwick-centric. Make sense? So I, I have to invoke the the 48 Laws of Power on this, even though I personally hate that book. I, I don't like the manipulation of people for your own personal gain, and I feel like basically that book is teaching people how to be bullies. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't like bullies. Mm-hmm. But... One of the laws in that book, never step into the shoes of a great man. And I feel like Black Panther is running into that scenario. Like, I mean, how yeah. can it not? Like, yeah, we all love Chadwick. The way he died was so tragic. And just learning everything about him, like he was a really good ass dude. And, and that movie made a bazillion dollars, so we knew they weren't just going to let that franchise go to waste. They were going to try to do whatever they could to possibly keep it going. But I feel like that that cast, they've got huge shoes to fill, and I don't know how they do that. Now, it is MCU. They've earned the benefit of the doubt over, yeah. you know, since, what, 2008, 2009, but that's going to be interesting. That's a huge hole to fill, and I don't know if they're how they're going to be able to do it. And and if I'm an actor, I would feel a certain way about stepping into that role because you know what you're going to be compared against. Yeah. And how can you live up to that? You know. And to be fair, Feige has said that we will not re recast T'Challa. So I, I hope he sticks with that. If he doesn't, more power to him because that's going to be a hell of a casting call. Um. Speaking of a person who stepped into a new role that was already existing, my next news item is that Anthony Mackie has officially signed to do Captain America 4. 
a movie. This is not like Captain America or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is a proper Captain America movie. So Mackie's back. Mackie's here. We know he's in for the long haul because he's Captain America and Captain America's integral to the Avengers and MCU in general. But to see him get the mantle for a movie, pretty big step. What do you think of them getting this? And where would you like to see this movie possibly go? I would love to see it go back to their backyard with the gym mats around the trees and more <laughs> shield training montages like YMCA style. Like if that's half the movie, I'm fucking there. I, I don't know. Shout out to Tunny because that was awesome. And I can't follow that up. But I'm just excited for Anthony Mackie. This is a guy that has been a great actor for a long time, and I'm just very excited for him to get this type of role. I, I feel like he's been somebody that has been overlooked by Hollywood in, in terms of how talented he is as an actor. I don't know where they're going to go. I'm not even going to speculate. I'm just happy for him that he's in this role because this is a life-changing role for this guy, and I feel like this is something that he deserves I think his talent level warrants him doing something like this. So I'm excited for him and to see where they go with it, with the character. I have no idea where they could go feasibly because all of the major Captain America villains he's fought, the one Falcon asked, or I'm sorry, um, uh, what's Falcon's name? Wow, I just drew a blank. Sam Wilson. Sam the Wilson. One- the one Sam Wilson story as Captain America that was worthy of being brought onto the the big screen was the story of him not being um, accepted as Captain America because of his race and who he comes from and because of the of Steve. They played that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I don't know where you go with this unless like you're really going to big up Sharon Carter and do something with her. Nonetheless, Bucky got to be there and if you guys know anything outside like outside of the realm of the MCU, like in real life, Mackie and Sebastian Stan are like as close as hell. So like they don't really do too much without each other, especially when it comes to MCU. So I'm sure Sebastian Stan would be there. But just the fact that a black Captain America is gonna like star in the Captain America movie, I'm here for it. Mackie's earned it. If you watch the way he took the he took the shield and grew into it in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier television show. I think you'll be hyped for this. So I'm here for it. Uh, hey, I can't wait to see what happens with that. Um, phase five is going to be, we're in phase four now, but phase four and phase five is going to be huge with all the possible movies we're going to be getting in phase five, Captain America four being one of them. Most definitely. I'm interested to see where we're going with this. But obviously, Peggy's niece is going to be involved in that. I forgot her first name, but she's Sharon. clearly going to be involved with it. Sharon. Sharon's yeah. going to yeah, clearly be involved. And I mean, hell, man, we're opening up these uh, multiverses and these new dimensions. So who's to say that the Red Skull doesn't bring his uh, red ass back in this melon farmer and feud Whoa. with the new Captain America? I, uh, you know, he's a Nazi, so I'm pretty sure he ain't go he go feel a certain way about a brother <laughs> down in the shield. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. We can we can go there if we want to. First and foremost, that's a great call because with the stones being put back where they were. There may not need, be a need for the Red Skull to be in Vormir control, um, protecting the Soulstone anymore, number one. And number two, 
Sir, I want to applaud you and your journalism because you speaking of multiverses, bringing me to my next nerd point, my next nerd, uh, nerdosphere news item, something that I think Mr. Tunney will enjoy. We all know about the uh, Sony buyout of all the Spider-Man uh, characters, and not just the spiders, but all the villains. Everything on that world is either a Sony movie or is in conjunction between Sony and Disney. Well, apparently, Disney is possibly working on a buyout of all those characters. So if you know, right now, Mobius, the movie is pretty much done. They're just finishing some reshoots. Venom's coming out at the end of this year, maybe the beginning of next year, but that movie is pretty much done. Uh, They're working on a Black Cat movie. They're working on a possible Silver Sable movie, maybe Black Cat and Silver Sable together, They have a whole plan for this Sony-verse built, I guess, around Tom Hardy as as maybe the main hero with trying to bring Spider-Man in there. Ain't got to worry about that no more if this happens. It's all under Disney. It's all under Feige. And I I don't like to believe in one person, but in Feige we trust because he ain't really steered us wrong yet. I, I love Black Cat so much as a I, character. And I know she's basically just the MCU's version of Catwoman, but I, I love that character so much. Tony, go ahead. Get in here, man. No, I had something else to add to Sam Wilson and who, who what, what Captain America 4 could be about. Uh, please. What about what about him? What about introducing Patriot and going up against Blackheart? I feel okay. like... Because uh, isn't, isn't that what happened oh. after... He, like he kind of took over as Captain America in the comics. It was U.S. Agent, but yeah. Okay. I feel like oh boy, and I can't remember his name, but that Jay Brown that they tried to make Captain America, and then he got with Julia Louise Dreyfus character. US I feel Agent. like he, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's going to be a Patriot. I feel like that's where we're probably gonna go. No, he's U.S. Agent. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I think you part. So I think you part. In, in the comics, Patriot's black too, isn't he? Yeah, Patriot's black. Too, oh, okay. I, I beg your pardon. US, in the comics. America, just like it happened in the, on the show, America, the government picked John Walker because he had all, just going back to the super soldier, soldier serum, I mean, we can go back to what if one, he had every one of the credentials to be Captain America, but he didn't have the heart. But not the intangibles. Yeah, not the integrity or the heart. Um, and so, which is why it didn't work for him, and he became U.S. agent. And U.S. agent is essentially, without the gratuitous killing with guns, he's almost Punisher-esque. In that he could be a hero or a villain depending on the story. In fact, U.S. agent and Punisher hate each other because they like they kind of do the same thing. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'd like to see something different than uh, your standard Marvel fare with a doppelganger of myself being my villain. But I'm here for the story if it works. And, and a- clearly we're going to get... I'm sorry, one more thing. Clearly, we're going to get the new Falcon, uh, Torres, Joaquin Torres, garnering the wings, however they do it. Because at, the, at the end of the show, he leaves in the wings. And in the comics, once uh, Falcon became Cap, Joaquin Torres took over being the Falcon. I'm sorry, Clyde. Go ahead. No, no worries, man. I'm actually about to put white people over here. And oh. this, Yeah. This... Record this, y'all. Right on time. Oh, breaking news. Platt's going to put over white people. Platt? 
You know, it's always takes a minute. Yeah, Tony, I'm out here in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and no one around no one around here looking over my shoulder can believe it either. I'm about to put over white people. <laughs> All jokes aside, man, this goes back to, you know, uh, Marvel maybe acquiring the Sony properties. It goes back to the pissing contest that they got into in regards to Spider-Man because that's a Sony property and the MCU. Like, they, they ended up working it out. And this is something that I always respect about white people. And I've always respected about white people. And I wish my people could figure this one out. Regardless of personal feelings, you all are able to put personal feelings aside if there's money to be made. So I ain't got to necessarily like you. We ain't necessarily got the fox with each other. We're not going to send each other Christmas cards. We're not going to go over to each other's houses for barbecues and cookouts and shit like that. But there's a check to be had. We are willing and able to put our differences aside in order to get that check. And I respect y'all about that. And I think that's what's happening here between this Sony and Disney thing. So I think ultimately cooler heads are going to prevail because there's money to be made. And y'all not going to leave money on the ground because of some bullshit personal stuff. So I respect y'all for that. So shout out to y'all. Well, the bottom line is let's get the storytelling into the right fucking hands, right? I mean, there's one side that's been knocking it out of the ballpark for a number, number, number of films that have been released in theaters. And there's another side who's been shaky at best. So let's let the people that are doing the best job for the people consuming the product take over the storytelling. I.e. so we can all make some money. No, so that as consumers, we can all enjoy a fucking storyline that is together and not DC. It's fucking Marvel. It all goes together. Not everything is a different fucking venue and different fucking path. Yes. And can you like the the, the Spider-Man properties make a killing for Sony's film division. So the amount of fuck money that that Disney is going to have to fork over to get these get these characters back Ooh. well it i mean disney needs control of spider-man because iron man's dead isn't that basically mean isn't that right i mean that's to me that's what makes sense yeah but that's where riri comes in and we talked about that a couple of topics ago well yes there's there's i understand from mcu standpoint spider-man is kind of the tech genius uh, we haven't really expanded. Uh, we haven't really expanded upon in the MCU proper. Peter Parker being a science genius, like he was in the other two trilogies, or well, not trilogies, because they didn't get a third with the damn Andrew Garfield shit because it was so bad. But <sighs> Peter Parker, yeah, Peter Parker is a genius. We well, haven't really touched on that. So and Tony Stark was a well, mentor he, to him. He's yes. the he's the tempo, especially with T'Challa, R.I.P. transitioning. Yes. Peter Parker is going to be the tempo for this next phase of Marvel. I think it's him. It's Captain Marvel. And I'm sure they'll, and maybe, and maybe Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange because Strange he's kind of Tony Stark X, you know, yes. esque rather. Yeah. Those so, are yeah, the three you, big marquee movie-esque ones. Absolutely. Yeah. So kind of like the tempos for phases one through four, you know, Tony Stark. And Cap and Thor. Yeah. And, and Thor. Yeah. Spot on, sir. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where we're at now. They they have to be. So yeah, Cooler Head's gonna prevail. Everybody's gonna make some money, and they're gonna find a way to make money for everybody. 
and the corporates are going to get their raises and the actors are going to get screwed because all the all the movies are going to come out on online. So there we go. <laughs> we had to come back to the content creators argument. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. That's all I'm hey. saying about it. That's all. To your to your point, I still vehemently disagree with your idea, but that issue has come into question multiple times over the past uh, yeah. few months. There was an update in the um, Scholar Johansson trial. We ain't gonna talk about that today. We'll say that for next week. But I do want to get to speaking of lawsuits. Look at your boy journalism. Uh, is there is a potential? Well, not potential. It's an actually filed lawsuit that puts the possibility of the the profits from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, Deadpool movies, and even the Beauty and the Beast movie, which made a killing in movie theaters. Um, there is a, a company called Reardon that involves MOVA special effects technology. And what they're saying is that Disney essentially stole that technology to make aspects and things with these movies. Now, we don't have the lawyer here, Mr. Dave Wingard, but I think we're intelligent enough to talk about the fact and the ramifications that if it is found that Disney stole these movies and profits have to be revoked or, or, or restitution has to be given, what could that mean for the future of the MCU Noting that the overwhelming future of the MCU and Martin Disney in general is very animated and cosmic CGI and cosmically based. That changes a lot if if they're found this. Not a goddamn thing, because this is what corporations do. They're gonna bleed them out, they're gonna keep it in court until they bleed them out and they bleed out all their resources, and then they'll sell out of court for some bullshit right. price, and then they'll find the next up-and-coming CGI firm, and they'll keep it moving like an escalator, because that's what corporate America does. Fair. Fair enough. Reminds me of when George Lucas, after Howard the Duck bombed, had to sell what became Pixar to his good friend. Yeah, I, it's not going to matter if, if it even makes court. It's probably go to arbitration or something like that, if that. Or they just buy out the whole fucking... I mean, it's Disney. Come on. It's like it's like saying that CM Punk coming to AEW is going to put WWE out of business because they're going to have a problem with that. It's like, yo, come on. We're fucking Disney, okay? Like we're, like, we're Disney. We're not even ESPN or ABC. We own them, motherfuckers. We're, <laughs> we're Disney. Okay, you seen the mouse on South Park? It's fucking Disney. That was supposed to be my Mickey Mouse. My bad, y'all. <laughs> that was no, fucking the... horrible, Platt. Oh, oh, it was. It was bad. Oh, hey, hey, girl. You, you want to see my glove? Oh, hey, no, hey, the, you know why I left Minnie with him and Randy? I left Minnie because she was fucking goofy, huh? <laughs> Um, so that is our news of the Nerdosphere. We're going to take one more break and then we're going to break down. We're going to break down the breakdown. You're listening oh. to Bandwagon Nerds. We'll be Excuse back me. after these commercial messages. Bless you, Ray. What do you say? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. 
This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back, Bandwagon Nerds, episode 93. Make sure you're heading on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Pick yourself up. That hashtag journalism shirt that Ray just mentioned. Get it in soft style. Your epidermis will thank you. Makes a great gift as well. And now, back to your host, Ray Dallas, the Reverend Ray Cash. Or, as I'm known across the pond, Ray Quid. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I gotta just add to the very many nicknames that I've been that have been bestowed upon me. I think you missed By a better way. nickname, though. Ray Pounds. That can mean a couple different things, you know? Ray Pounds. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I also think it's hilarious that you're the Reverend Ray Cash, and I'm literally an ordained minister. That 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 always tickles me pink. I'm not going to lie to you. You're just as ordained as I am, and we're barely ordained. Let's not fucking, you know, have a Motherfucker, I'm, not I'm ordained. Fuck what you talking okay. about. I yeah. am a goddamn Both preacher, by the bitch. same <laughs> online <laughs> Universal, bitch. the Universal Life Church, <laughs> and in ten minutes you too I, can be ordained just as well as Platt. You may not I sound as good as us, bitch. But, the yeah. devil is a goddamn lie. <laughs> doesn't say anything here about doesn't say anything here about robotic vaginas though. <laughs> oh God! By the way, I love how black folk have ruined an entire word. The devil is not is not he's not a liar. He's a lie. L-I-E. <laughs> That's the funniest thing to me in the world, by the way. So shout out to you. Um, oh, shout out, shout out to the Reverend Ray Cash, because that shit's hilarious. I love it. Every anytime anybody says it, that's hilarious. I appreciate it. Hey, thank Mr. Patrick O'Dowd for that. I that's one hundred percent his doing was it. That him? I, I thought that was Dave. I thought that was Dave. Was it one but one of the two of them? Yeah. We don't want to be giving Patrick damn sure credit, wasn't my... especially when he's not deserving of it. Good point. Yeah, Great just point. Want, just want to rib Patrick a little bit there, Patrick. Well, that's kind of the point if he's not here, right? Is to yeah. just trash him half the show. Well. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> um, okay, so normally we get to the end of the show, we try to tackle a big topic and then have a question. I have both of those. Now, if you know anything about me as a person, I am addicted to the show Jeopardy. Watch it every day, record it, and multiple houses. So wherever I'm at, I can always catch it. I am addicted to the show. Alex Trebek was one of my heroes. Unfortunately, we know Alex Trebek had his untimely demise due to pancreatic cancer. And I mean, my man soldiered on for a long time. Shout out, rest in peace, rest in power to the God, Alex Trebek. There has been a big, big search to try to fill those shoes. And those are maybe the biggest shoes in the history of uh, game shows. Only the only other one that was close was Bob Barker, and Drew Carey's done a fantastic job, but Bart Barker didn't die. Well, Pat Sajak. Okay, that may be the other one, too. But those, are the, those are the three kings of that genre, right? So, Jeopardy, as I think was a fantastic idea, did a long, prolonged era of guest hosts. And the, thought, the prevailing thought was all of these guest hosts would be kind of auditioning for the role. Um, people such as the Jeopardy King himself, Ken Jennings, Mayim Balik, who actually got the job to do the um, big shows like the primetime specials and things like that of that nature. 
Um, LeVar Burton, who the people choice, even though he was terrible, if you watch the show, sorry, no this is LeVar, but it is what it is, right? Had a hope. Aaron Rodgers, who was probably actually the best guy <laughs> in totality. A whole Robin Roberts, Samantha Guthrie, Anderson Cooper, a lot of people. Joe Buck. Let me be the one to tell you why Aaron Rodgers was the best. Specifically oh, since I've, I've been... Yeah. No, let me... No, 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 because it just just listen. Like I think I'm going in a different direction. Aaron Rodgers was the best because... We grew to love the know-it-all smarminess, dry sense of humor of Alex Trebek, and Aaron Rodgers is a fucking know-it-all smarmy bitch, and he fucking played that role perfectly. That's a great point. Aaron Rodgers, hashtag dot, because I don't do things right on Twitter. No, the answer is either Neil deGrasse Tyson or Jane Lynch. Those are the, the the only two answers who should be the host. I'd of love Jeopardy, to see Jane the next Lynch. Host of Jeopardy. Jane Lynch. But Jane I love Lynch, Jane Lynch hosts yeah. everything else. She got like three game shows. Well, she can just stop. Well, the other ones aren't she great. She should do this one too. Shit. Hollywood Game Night was good for a couple seasons. You want to know? Here, here, I'm telling you right now, and you're gonna laugh, but this is who I think should be the host. Hologram Alex Trebek. Dog. So Tony's done talking until the question. Why? Yeah, Think about it. Just, We've, yeah, the technology off, has sir. come that log far off. that you can just write in exactly what, and you can have them. Because honestly, Ray, I'm as big a Jeopardy fan as you are. I recorded it. I've I've tried I've tried to qualify online so many times. I got through twice, yeah. and I couldn't go because it was too far away. Right? I was like, ah, fuck it. I mean, I love that show. I would watch it. I would plan my breaks around it at work when it was if yeah. it was on in the after, like the early afternoon Jeopardy we have here too like the reruns. So, I mean, I, I just couldn't, I, even Aaron Rodgers, I watched one. It's not I Alex Trebek. Jeopardy too. Just like y'all. I love Jeopardy too. Not I as grew much up as watching do. it for years. I, we, I used to play as a child with my stepbrother and he beat me twice. And I, and I remember he beat me twice because the, he just beat me twice. I like, I was getting my shit in, but yeah. And I, I, I've given a lot of thought to this. I like the idea of LeVar Burton, but I mean, the host has to be either Neil deGrasse Tyson or Jane Lynch. Like I've given this a lot of thought. Well, okay. So we can talk more about the host. I think Ken Jennings is is the perfect host. And I know he has a history too, but it makes the most sense that the best guy to ever play the game would follow in the footsteps. But I'm sorry, go ahead. What about like George Stephanopoulos? He seems like a guy that if he wasn't in the, 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 way, the, way, no, way too disingenuous. Well, and, I don't know. And again, he's, he's from... got the wife who's got the comedic acting skills. Actually, no, what he, about? He looks the part, but he's disingenuous. If you actually watch him on ABC, he's very disingenuous. Alec Baldwin. Well, hold on, hold on. Speaking of speaking of Stephanopoulos, coming from a guy that actually watched all of the guest hosts, he was a guest host and he wasn't great. wasn't good. No, I didn't miss that one then. Alec Baldwin could work, but he's not going to take it. Why would he? Meryl Streep would work as well, but why would she do it? Why yeah, would yeah, either of them do it? What about yeah, Oprah? They're not going to do it. Oprah? Yeah, neither one of them. Oprah's no, Oprah got better shit. things to do in her life than to yeah. show up to work every day. And she struggles oh my over God, big I, words. I work two and a half hours a fucking week for fucking 30 weeks. Whoa. Well, she's also worth about $3 billion and doesn't, doesn't need to do this. Any, anything in her life she wants to do is because she wants to. Wayne Brady would be good, but he's doing the let's make a deal. And, and he's fantastic at it. No, yeah, but it, but it sucks that that's the best we could do for a talented Mellon Farmer like Wayne Brady. He's I way too talented for that show. I disagree for one reason. 
they have completely made it strictly based around improvisation. The only person who could host that is him. What about here's something he could, he could do better. Here's something off the wall a little bit. It's a guy who I I really enjoy as an actor in in a couple different movies in a series right now he's in that I love and he actually hosts a talent show. What about Terry Crews? Fuck that guy. No, we good. You don't like Terry Crews? I like Terry. I seen him in Brooklyn Nine Nine. I liked him as an actor. No, no, no. Well spoken. No, we're good. We're good. Keep keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Am I missing something here on a cultural level here with Terry Crews? Yeah, we're 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 good. We'll we'll explain off air. All right. Um, (laughs) I apologize to the to the community. Oh good, sir. Yeah, it's all good. Hey you Terry Cruz, yeah, fuck yeah, you, yeah. Terry Cruz. Go back to Brooklyn Nine Nine. All right, anyway, keep going. My bad. Does, does does anybody have any thoughts about Mike Richards in general and him getting the job? I'm sorry, giving himself the job and then losing the job. Is there anybody any interest in that? Well, number one, he's the executive producer, so would you know it? Who won the pony? But that was hilarious. Um, in terms of him losing the job, I do have some thoughts on this and. They put up some shit that he said, what, seven, six, seven years ago on a podcast. Like, number one, it's fucked up because you had to be searching for some shit to find on this melon farmer. I didn't think he was the best option as host, like, at all. Fuck that motherfucker. I've I've given you who I think should be the host. I just came up who would be a perfect fucking host. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith could do the job. I think so, but he does. And this, I'm sorry to say this. This is no diss, but I'm just saying in a in a in a business that is outwardly facing, I don't think he fits the look. Yes, and that is so wrong. It would be like Alex Trebek, only like instead of being, uh, you know, looking Alex down. <laughs> look, no, instead of looking down on the contestants for not knowing something obvious, he would be like the soothing. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Well, that's Kevin why people Smith. loved Robin Roberts and loved Mayim Balik because they were very loving to the people and like supportive. But Robin Roberts would cheer on people when they got a, a, a daily double correct. So like that's why they enjoyed those two of all of the different. Sanjay Gupta was good. Doctor Oz was terrible. There's yeah. the old black dude. I can't remember his name, but he was really good because he had the Levar Burton kind of soothing voice. That Alex kind of built up. I can't remember his name. I'll look. I'll look up his name. But go ahead. Morgan Freeman would be good, but he wouldn't do it. But yeah, I would. I love Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith is one of us. He's a nerd like us. I just don't know how that translates to mainstream America five nights a week. How about I I don't think it does. How about Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds got better things to do than show up to He's giving away six months of free mobile. He doesn't have anything to do for the next six months. He's already given it all away. This was the list of the. This was the list of. How about Deadpool? Guest host. I'd I'd pay money to see Deadpool. I'm saying, dude, the ratings will be through the roof. Like that doesn't work in America, sir. That's not how America works. So here's the list of the guest hosts. How about Sheldon Cooper? Well, no, fuck that oh, guy. Oh, hell no. Johnny Galecki? Gonna... Well, they don't need Sheldon Cooper when they got the, the, the actual They got Ken Sergeant. Jennings, the actual Sheldon Cooper. No, I'm talking about Mayim Balik, who came oh, from. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's yeah. a list of the guest hosts that they had. Katie Blossom, Keurig, but... Mayim Balik. Whoa. Bill Whitaker is the black guy I'm talking about. Anderson oh, Cooper, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Dr. Oz, Ken Jennings, of course, oh, Savannah man. Guthrie, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Mike Williams, who Mike Richards, who's gone. Stephanopoulos, eh. Levar Burton, Levar Burton, 
Joe Buck, Robin Roberts, and David Favorite. I think Bill Bill Burr. What about Bill Burr? I don't need he, to hear a buck. Hey, Pot Card Harvard. Yeah, I don't need to hear that the whole time. I, I love Bill Burr, but he's too no, that's not gonna work for mainstream America. Jeff and Fo- I love Bill Jeff Burr. Jeff Foxworthy? <laughs> Larry the cable <laughs> guy would be out. awesome. Just log out. Just log out, son. You're, All you're right. Done. Well, okay. How about, Tunney, okay. how about Steve Harvey? No. He's going to be mispronouncing names and shit. Yeah. He's great at Family Feud, though. Yeah. He's great at Family Feud. Would that be great if he, like, Steve. made fun of a guy for a stupid answer on Jeopardy like he does on Family Feud? <laughs> he got Steve Harvey <laughs> on Jeopardy. We're looking into the camera, yes. talking to the crowd. It would be an hour and 15 minutes, bro. It's only a half hour. Neil deGrasse, man. Neil deGrasse. This, this guy thought Neil that was DeGrasse. Elizabethan architecture. Okay, so we, we've gone off the rails here. Let's let's get out of here with uh, Ray. With Ray Cash has a question, and you ain't got to play this damn Patrick drop. We ain't, we ain't got to do that. Um. So, um. And by the way, I'm speaking completely ignorant because I have no idea who the fuck this guy is, but I know he's a big deal. Sonny Chiba, who was a martial arts legend, we lost him uh, this week. Um, so that had me thinking, first and foremost, I wanted to give some reverence and credence to a legend. Again, I don't know who he is, but I know he's a legend, um, on this show, being bandwagon nerds. And my question to you two gentlemen is, what is your favorite or most memorable Kung Fu movie or show? I don't have one because I'm not a Kung Fu person, but I'm going to mention, because Patrick reached out to me and told me his, his favorite Kung Fu movie is The Way of the Dragon which is the first time Bruce Lee uses nunchucks in the movie, which is kind of the importance of that movie. You two gentlemen, do you have something that comes to mind, something that means something to you? And if so, why? Go ahead, Chris. Number one, R.I.P. Sonny Chiba, because I grew up watching the Kung Fu flicks, man. So yeah, R.I.P., a, a true-ass legend out in these streets. If I had to narrow down my favorite Kung Fu movie, I got two. Uh, number one, Five Deadly Venoms. And if you're not familiar, go out your way to go watch it. It's awesome. And Bruce Lee's Game of Death. I think that's the one where they're on the island, they're fighting, and that's Jim Kelly is in there. I think that's Game of Death. Like Kareem, that. That's Kareem an Abdul, awesome movie. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, that's not Game of Death. Kareem wasn't in Game of Death. Kareem was in a... Oh, shit, what was it called? It was the one that they made after he died. And oh, they yeah. Like it, was it, called, um, it was called Game of Death. No, then what the fuck is the one I'm thinking about where they're on the island when when the best fighters in the world get flown to the island, like Fight Island? What the fuck? Enter the Dragon. That's what I'm talking about. That's Enter the Dragon. Game of Death was the one that they pieced together after, after his death, and they had the Bruce Lee or the uh, Kareem Abdul fight scene in there because he was one of Bruce's students. Enter the Dragon. That's the one I'm talking about. So I, I beg your pardon, y'all. I apologize. But yeah, Five Deadly Venoms, Enter the Dragon. Go out your way to go watch those this weekend or this week. And R.I.P. Sonny Chiba. And and shout out to uh, The Seven Samurai, which is the impetus for The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee is amazing. Game of Death would have been there for me. But Jackie Chan is so underrated with what he did. Um, if you go back and check out, like, even the movies Jackie Chan did before he came into mainstream 
uh, American popular drunken culture. Drunken Master. He was the original Drunken Master. Yeah, drunken I mean, Master, yeah. The, the yeah, movies that point. he made before he got into the mainstream American pop culture were so much more about the art as opposed to adding in the com- the comedy and the storyline. And they were still good after that. Um, I guess my favorite kind of comedy in that genre would be Chuck Norris jokes. Uh, Chuck Norris was in Denver, and he once got a got a waitress pregnant in Michigan. So, you know. What's behind Chuck Norris's goatee? Uh, another fist to punch you in the face. Uh, Chuck Norris With doesn't Chuck do Norris push-ups. Do... He pushes the world down. He pushes down. the earth. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Chuck Norris, though, well, I, I seen is 80 years old, and he's still ripped. Well, more contemporary kung fu movies. Uh, Black Dynamite by Michael Jai White. Awesome. A lot of the um, Jet Li fucking... series. Jet Li had a bunch of great movies in the early two, in the middle, in the 2000s there. And Kill Bill Volume One and Two. I mean, I mean, you know, if you watch Clinton Quentin Quintino's whole fucking um, catalog, you you could see he he's been influenced. Like his favorite genres, and he blends a lot of genres. But his favorite movies growing up were spaghetti westerns, yep, black exploitation films, and kung fu and kung fu movies. Yep, and yeah. and I'm glad you brought up kung. Kill Bill, because I didn't want to bring it up because I know it's not a traditional kung fu movie, even though maybe you can consider it that. But that one versus 100 fight is one of the best cinematic fights you will ever see. Shout out to Uma Thurman and killing that role. And Sonny Chiba was actually in that movie. I believe he's the one where Uma Thurman got the Hanzo sword from. So he's I know he's in Kill Bill. I can't remember his exact you know, character, but I think he was the one that made her the sword, but he was in that. And that was probably his last uh, most prevalent or yeah, his last most prevalent role, you know? Okay. Well, hey, I appreciate that from you gentlemen. Um, you, those of you listening to this, all 25 of y'all, I'm joking, it's 28. Um, hit us up at Bandwagon Nerds and let us know what was your in in the in in respect to Sonny Sonny Chiba? What's your favorite uh, kung fu movie or television show, or what's something from the kung fu genre that has affected you positively? Nonetheless, I appreciate y'all rocking with us. I appreciate my esteemed panelists, the live studio audience, Mr. PC Tunney, the voice of the chair shot, Mr. Velvet Pipes, Mr. Christopher Platt. I am apparently the fake Reverend, Mr. Ray Cash. Uh, <laughs> All due respect to our good brothers, um, the Attitude of, of Aggression, Big Dave Ungar, the lawyer, and you can follow him at Attitude Ag. And, of course, our fearless leader, <coughs> eh, Mr. Patrick O'Dowd. You can wow. follow him at Wrestling Realist. That's, wow. I love you, Patrick. That's Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. You're going to no, get I detention for wrestling. that. A.K.A. Bob Odenkirk, and, and get well soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mr. Tunney. No, you know, I'm going to go Mr. Platt first. Tell us where, tell the good people where they can find you on Twitter. First and foremost, man, it's always a pleasure to come out here and chop it up with my fellow nerds, man. I always have fun every time I'm on this show and from the bottom of my heart. I I feel like I do this every single time I'm on the show, but it's genuine. Thank y'all for having me. Y'all can catch me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Hell, if you start following me, I may start tweeting again. So there you go. That's called incentive, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I, mean? I might get back on some Twitter shit. 
But more importantly, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out that you love so much is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt by perusing ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. I guarantee once you get to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you are going to find a shirt that you absolutely positively fall in love with at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please remember thechairshot.com. We are not, not, chicka, chicka, not just a website. We're a movement. And thanks for having me. We're also a website that you can still go to for the record. So not, you know. <laughs> not, 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 not just a website. Yes. Uh, Mr. Tunney. Yeah, Where can follow, people find you? follow me at PC Tony, Twitter, Facebook. Um, continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network. All your sh- favorite streaming platforms, just search for Chairshot Radio Network. And make sure you enjoy your day the Chairshot way by always using your head. And make sure you uh, take care of it when it goes into a robotic vagina. I, of course... I'm at it's Ray Cash. That's R E Y as in Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. And it's been my honor to host this debauchery called Bandwagon Nerds as my good brother, Mister. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I do you do you need so much you know firth and provision if it's a robotic vagina? As my good brother Patrick would say, this is the perfect time for you to get out of the basement. Go get some sun. Get out. Go see the world and plug in your robotic vagina. As we get out of here, we will see y'all next week when things will go back to possibly normal. Maybe not. We'll see. Appreciate y'all. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Yeah, go ahead, Clyde. We'll have a false ending there. Go ahead. Two. I'm just saying, you definitely need to get out the basement if you out here fucking robotic vaginas. Okay? And Not now, even silicone. And now, and now we're done. Yeah. Now, we're, now we're really done. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.